Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I certainly count it an honor and a blessing to be here with all of you on this episode number 175 of our podcast. So BCU family, what comes to mind when you think about the word deserve? Hmm. Let's talk about that. Please take the time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend encourages you, is coming to you with, but I deserve it right now. That's what's coming up. Next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendcouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So what I'd like to start off with is the definition for the word deserve. So we're going to go straight to the dictionary and talk about what those definitions mean. So let's get those down first. So deserve, recognition, praise, to be worthy of, to do something or show qualities worthy of reward or punishment due to actions or qualities or to be earned or merited. So when we think about the word deserve in context with other people, um, it's pretty commonplace. And I'd like to give you a couple of examples. So let's say that you have been on your job for the last 10 years and the company policy dictates that once you've met that milestone that you are recognized and in that recognition, you may receive a luncheon in your honor, perhaps some extra paid time off, or maybe even a monetary award. Because again, you've earned it. Likewise, we often give people recognition in our local bodies of Christ. So perhaps at your church, you have appreciation services or you'll set aside some time at a specific service to honor or recognize that special mother in Christ or the deacon or the choir director, usher, man of God, whoever it is for their faithful service 
uh, to the Lord, which in turn is to the body of Christ. And we'll give accolades and let that person know how they've been a blessing to us and encouraged us in our journey with the Lord. Because again, and, and we may give them something monetary or whatever the case may be. The deal is, BCU family, that again, uh, they are worthy, if you will, of being recognized. They deserve it for all that they have done. And, and that's where we kind of see, or we deem who is worthy of recognition by whatever it is that they've done. Okay, so we, we kind of figure that out. Now, such honoring and recognition and giving people praise for what the Lord has blessed them to do is completely and totally in line with the word of God. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 13, verse seven encourages us to give honor to whom honor is due. So that is all well and fine and something we should do. Now, why we're here today is because it's one thing to give people recognition because of what they deserve. Sometimes, if we're honest, we feel like we deserve the blessings of God when, where, and how we want it based on our worthiness based on what we feel we've earned or merited. Let's talk a little further about that. So for those of you who are newer to the BCU family, let me give you a little background so I can provide some context with the story that I'm about to share with you all. So my brothers and I were raised by my parents in the apostolic faith. So we grew up in church. It was just, it was amazing, everybody. It really was. So from a baby, pretty much, <laughs> that's all I've ever known. And I know what holiness looks like, what it sounds like, what it dresses like. So all of that information has been downloaded into me ever since I was a youngster. Now, with all of that, I did not get filled with the Holy Ghost until age 24, of course, after, after repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And I say that, BCU family, because regardless of how many years you have spent in church, when the Lord fills you with the Holy Ghost, you are a baby in Christ and you have to learn things uh, just like a baby does that's in Christ. And in all honesty, in my learning, I had to relearn some things, but that's another conversation. So I, I say that because being a youngster in Christ, being a babe in Christ, um, I was looking obviously to some of those that have been saved and walking with the Lord for a while for, you know, guidance and conversation and all of those kinds of things. And the awesome thing about when I got saved is that there were uh, just oodles of other young people who had either recently gotten saved or had gotten saved a few years before. So we were all around the same age. So it was just such a good time of fellowship and praise and worship and going to concerts and going to different churches and fellowship. And it was amazing. I got to tell you, BCU family, one of the, the best periods in my life. So in watching these older young people, 
um, I learned some different things. And, and there was one young sister in particular that I got something from where we had we were standing outside of church, probably after service or whatever, and someone had driven by in a Jeep. And the young lady said, I claim that Jeep in the name of Jesus. I'm thinking, okay, well, now what's this about? Now, just to give you again, BCU family, some context. While I was raised in church, um, there was a period of time in my early adulthood that I stopped going as frequently as I did. And, you know, the Lord ended up pulling me back in. But, you know, there have been a few years where I, you know, wasn't really in touch uh, with what was going on. So um, I learned about this name it and claim it movement. And me being new and and not really knowing anything, the basic premise was that, you know, whatever it was that you saw and you liked, you just named it. And then uh, meaning that you're just telling God, this is what I want. And I claim this, like God is going to give it to me in the name of Jesus. And of course there's power in the name of Jesus. So that's going to guarantee that you're going to get what it was that you just named. So I'm like, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> so I sort of just joined in with this because I didn't know anything any different, didn't discuss it, you know, other than with this particular person who's absolutely wonderful and we know better now, but um, I just started naming and claiming things. So I started speaking it out to God and I was just expecting the things that, you know, I was asking for to be dropped off at any point in time. So in doing that BCU family, and you hear the silence, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and started getting disappointed when my claims my claim check, if you will, wasn't honored. The things weren't showing up like I deserved. So I was on my way to work one morning and I I remember just crying out to God in my car and, and just saying to him that I just was unclear and not understanding why it was that I had asked for, you know, these things in his name and hadn't received them. And went on BCU family in my very early BCU days here and just, just unlearned, but went on to tell the Lord how I had given up, you know, the world for him. And I said some things along the lines of, you know, I, I'm, I'm saved and, and I'm, I've repented and I'm, I'm baptized in your name, Jesus, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I don't go to the clubs and I don't drink and I don't smoke and I'm following the, the, the dress code and I'm following the rules and I, I know that so-and-so is not following rules, but yet they're getting what they want and, 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 and Lord, because I'm doing what you told me to do, I deserve to be rewarded for that. I don't deserve the trials that I'm getting and the suffering that's going on and the agony of waiting day after day for my well-earned reward to come. I just, I don't understand that, Jesus. I don't. And the Lord answered me and told me, I don't have to give you anything. 
VCU family, that shook me to the core. It shook me to the core because God really isn't under any obligation to give me things because I followed the rules. So in my self-righteous, prideful, list-giving, selfish self, and I thank God for his mercy, I felt that because I was doing what the Lord told me to do, that I deserved, I earned, I merited a reward for that. That I can name, claim, pray, say, blab, grab, that I should get everything that I asked for. And what happens is, is that we sometimes look at God like we do at people like our parents or teachers or our jobs. You know, if you get an A or if you get five A's, I'll take you here. Or if you meet this milestone, this will be waiting for you. Or if you stay away from these people or this situation, you know, you'll get this particular thing, you know, because you you deserve it. And in reality, if God gave me what I truly deserved, I'd have a one-way ticket to the lake of fire. I would have had that years ago, BCU family, years ago. And truth be told, if it wasn't for his patience and his mercy, even after I received the Holy Ghost, as I was learning his way of doing things, God would have taken me out of here a long time ago. And if not, maybe as recently as earlier today, when I felt my flesh rise up, when someone needlessly spoke a little rudely to me today, didn't like that. (laughs) I thank God for not reacting uh, the wrong way, but I know my flesh was was not real excited with the, the way that the person answered me. So, you know, I praise God for his mercy. So here... What I'm saying is is that our service to the Lord should be just because we love him. Because 1 John 4, 19 says that he loved us first. Also, John 14, verse 15 says that if we love Jesus, and Jesus said, if you love me, rather, you'll keep my commandments. John 3, 16 and 17 reminds us uh, very vividly that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And again, that's John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. So there's a common theme here. And it's love. Love says that because Jesus laid his life down for us and shed his innocent blood to cover our sins so that we didn't have to go to hell. And because his patience and his mercy and love continues even after we're saved, while he brings us through various trials and situations to make us more like him so that we can have everlasting life because of that BCU family, because of that immense love, 
that tells me that Jesus loves me so much and has done so much for me just in that alone, just in saving me, that I can't do anything to repay him for the debt that he paid for me and the constant love and faithfulness that I experience that I experience from him daily. So the very least I can do is what God asks of me without checking off lists and expecting things in return. Think about that BCU family. And I'm not saying that we don't ask God for things. As a matter of fact, Matthew chapter 7, uh, starting at verse number 7, uh, says that we can ask, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse number 8 says, For everyone that asks, receives, and everyone that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Now, verse number nine says here, Of what man is there of you whom if his son asks for bread, he will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And what I see here, BCU family, in this particular, these particular passages of scripture, there's nothing there that says that we can or need to do anything in order to get what we're asking for. That we don't use our service to God as a bargaining tool to get what we think, what we feel we deserve. Rather, we should let our good father decide what is good for us and when that good arrives. So we don't ask and say, well, Lord, I did A, B, C, D, and E, and this is what I should get. Just ask, seek, and knock, and trust that God is going to give you what it is that's perfect for you. As a matter of fact, um, there's a scripture in the book of James chapter 1, and it, it says that every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights and with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's James chapter 1, verse number 17. So whatever is good and perfect, God's going to get it to us. Like that's a guarantee. He's going to get it to us. So his gifts are always going to be perfect. What we think that we deserve, BCU family, what we think is good for us, Uh, doesn't always line up with what God says is good for us. And we, we have, we're so short-sighted sometimes and we're, we're so in the here and now we can only see so far up the road 
Whereas if we trust God to give us what's good, it's going to be perfect. I, I can pick things out for myself. And when I look back over my life and think about some of the things that I thought was good, oh, <laughs> I'm so glad the Lord said, no, just wait, because that's a stone, daughter. That That's, that's a serpent. Let me give you the bread. <laughs> Let me give you the fish. So his gifts are always perfect and they're always timely. And Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. So God's timing is always perfect. BCU family, it always is. So with that, let's trust that we can ask God for what it is that we desire and that he will take good care of us because he's a good, good father. Amen. Amen. Now, BCU family, I have to tell you that the Lord got my little attitude all the way together. And for that, I am very grateful to him for his mercy and his loving kindness and his patience with me, uh, knowing that I was just just too young in the Lord and didn't know what I was talking about. So I thank God for being in this dispensation of grace. And we don't want to take his grace for granted. Once we know something and we know better, we want to be sure that we continue to do better and do what God says. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts are around this topic. Uh, did you get caught up in the name it and claim it? Have you ever been disappointed because God hasn't given you something uh, right away or in the manner in which you wanted it? Or have you been waiting for something uh, you know, from God? Let me know. If you're not already on the blendcouragesyou.com site, head on over uh, to that site and, and go down to the comment section and type in what your thoughts are and let's continue our conversation. I cannot wait for that. So with that BCU family, we have to get ready to wrap things up. Boy, that time goes by so quickly. So once again, this is Blen from blencouragesyou.com here signing off. Thank you all so very much for listening. And Lord will, until the next time we're together, may our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace as you stay on the walk.